Hi, this is Macy Blackwell, and this is going to be episode three of Doing the Most. Today, we are going to be talking about marriage and keeping the spark alive. So I've been married to my husband, Corey, for over eight years now, which is insane. Like, it's went by so fast, and it's almost a decade. We have two daughters together, ages four and seven, and just over that amount of time, I feel like I've learned so much about marriage and just really matured in just relationships in general. Um, so I'm going to be sharing lots of tips with you today and just overall like marriage advice. We have stuff that we're going to be talking about that's like physical things that you could be doing to help and then also emotional and mental aspects of relationships that uh, maybe you hadn't thought of before and that could be helpful for your own relationship or marriage. So I really want to put a disclaimer here for Corey because he is the most easygoing and just overall a, a an exceptionally wonderful person, which I wouldn't really say that about anyone else, but he is just so caring and so kind and he truly does make marriage easy. So I know a lot of like what I'm coming, where I'm coming from, like we really haven't had any like major issues or really haven't had to overcome like huge hurdles in any way. Um, so just keep that in mind as I go on with my tips, because some of this might not apply to you if you're in a different kind of situation. Um, and I will say that if you are not married yet, like, I think the first the first thing to even think about, like, if you want a good marriage, is to choose wisely with who you get married to. Um, I think that is so important because you could really be starting things off on the wrong foot and having an uphill battle your whole life if you choose someone where there are tons of red flags coming up in the relationship just in the dating phase um, or if you're someone who wants to try to fix people or think people will change once they get married because you know most most of the time that's not true most of the time people most of the time people don't change like a lot of the things so I would just you know if you're not married yet try to choose wisely like take time date that person for a while and really make sure you know who you are marrying before you decide to like fully commit to that person. So I want to start with some of the more shallow stuff and for this you can disagree with me and that's completely fine. Like this is just from my own experience in my relationship. So that's what I'm sharing. Um, if you don't feel the same, that's fine. I'm just going to be sharing my tips from myself. And then I also had kind of like interviewed and talked to Corey before this to make sure I was, you know, saying everything that he thinks and saying that the right way. Um, so first of all, like with keeping the spark alive, you cannot get too comfortable. Like, I, you just cannot. Like, I swear that is a major factor in keeping that, like, initial spark when you're dating. And I feel like Corey and I have that. I feel like, you know, I still feel the same way about him as when we first started dating. Like, I'm just so excited to see him. Like, I love being with him. He is legit, like, my favorite person. And I feel like we are best friends, but we don't have, like, a friend's relationship. We do have, like, that 
we are lovers, you know, like we have that connection with each other and that physical attraction. I think that's so important um, in the grand scheme of things in a marriage. So you can't get too comfortable. And this means don't be gross in front of each other. Like that is something both of us were so like 100% on. Like we do not do nasty things in front of each other. I think that helps just like you know, just let there be some mystery there. You don't have to put it all out on the table. Um, Even when you're married, just like, you know, anything gross, just my opinion is you should keep that to yourself if you want like that sexual chemistry and your partner to see you in that way. I think it's really important to do things like um, don't be using the bathroom, you know, in front of each other in the same room. Um, Like, we would never pass gas in front of each other, or, like, Corey will not burp in front of me, and honestly, I, like, I love that, like, because I, I'm so grossed out when I'll go in public, and there'll be just, like, a random man, and he just belches and doesn't even say excuse me or anything. It's just, like, shocking to me, because I'm so used to Corey, because he is, like, a true gentleman, and I really admire that about him and I think that keeps a lot of the spark for me there so I kind of try to reciprocate that energy by also deciding to like not be gross I will say though when you've been married long enough you're going to go through some things whether that's childbirth or pregnancy or whatever sometimes something gross will happen like but just try to keep that on like the 1%, you know, try to not let let that just be regular for you. I will tell like an embarrassing story because normally we never share gross stuff or anything like that. But when I was I was pregnant with Thea and like 30 some weeks pregnant, like about to give birth, I got the worst hemorrhoid like on my butthole. Just, it was like a purple almond. It was terrible. And it wasn't just like, I'd never had anything like that before. And it hurt so bad, like I couldn't even walk. And I remember just feeling so desperate, like that I made Corey look at it because I like, I had to show him what I was dealing with. Okay, so, but like stuff like that will happen in a marriage. Like you will go through some like bad things like that where you kind of have to like rely on each other for help. Um, But other than that, you know, try to just like keep all that gross stuff, like, to yourself. So when I was asking Corey, kind of, like, what are your, like, must-haves or, like, you know, what is, like, a non-negotiable thing, like, for, to keep the spark alive? And he said, hygiene, which it's, that's so true, guys. I mean, just, like, basic, just, like, the bare, like, you know, shower every day or take your bath every day, you know, shaving, waxing, whatever you do, like, keep your stuff cleaned up, and then also, like, keep your teeth nice, you know, brush your teeth, just those basic hygiene things, I think they go a long way, oh yeah, like, and then wear your deodorant, like, don't have BO, I think women feel the same way about men, it's like, just those, just do the bare minimum, and, like, that helps so much if the people just don't stink. Corey had said, he had said he had an ex-girlfriend that never showered, and it was disgusting, so now that I hear that, I'm like, oh, crap, like, I don't want that to be me, so now I'm, like, trying to make sure, like, everything's always right. So, like, the number one thing that Corey said that he, like, a non, the non-negotiable with the hygiene was he said he appreciated how I always, like, 
tried with my appearance. Like I've always, you know, tried to do my best to like keep my body healthy and I've all that I always like dress up. So I don't always like, you know, quote unquote dress up, but I'm usually dressed. Even if that is some kind of an active set or a lounge set, like I try to have real clothes on and not you know, old baggy t-shirts from high school that have holes and stains. Like some men might not, might not care, but like Corey cares. So knowing that for me, that's like, just like a small thing I can do, um, that is important to him. So I think it's, I think a good idea for everyone is to have a five minute getting ready routine, like before you see your husband, um, like before he comes home from work. So that's what I try to do. Like instead of him getting home and I'm like, hot mess express and gross, I try to think, okay, he's going to be home in a couple hours. What can I do to like just pull myself together a little bit? Like this doesn't have to be full glam with eyelashes, like going out outfit with heels. Like some, a lot of the times I am in comfy clothes, but just like the five minute routine can make a huge difference. So like I always just try to like, you know, shower, take a bath, just, you know, bare minimum here with that some kind of outfit. Sometimes it's, you know, jeans and a top. Sometimes it's yoga pants and a shirt, but no matter what, it's, you know, clean clothes, stuff that, you know, fits me well, like not just, you know, wearing a huge oversized sack. Like he doesn't really like big baggy things on me, which I know some people are probably going to hate this, but that's just the truth. Like, you know, he just wants me to wear clothes that fit me. Like, And I like clothes that fit me too. I feel better when I'm dressed. So I always just try to get on some kind of outfit that just, you know, goes together and then a little bit of hair and makeup. And this still could be a messy bun, but it's just like fix the messy bun a little bit, you know, just like take your hair down and redo it, like brush through it, you know, just dry shampoo. It doesn't have, this doesn't have to be, you know, full full-on curls or straightening your hair, Um, just making sure it looks tidy and, you know, presentable enough. And then just doing, like, a little bit of makeup. So, like, the bare bare minimum makeup I will do is, um, like, I have, like, a tinted moisturizer, and then I will just put on some mascara and a little bit of tinted lip balm. Just, like, that goes a long way. You don't have to do full glam. Just having something where you you can still look natural and bare-faced, but, you know, it's, like, your face, but, like, a tiny bit better, and, like, they don't even re- know that you have a, have makeup on, because it's just that natural look, but you're just a little more glowy and a little bit more, like, looking lively, which is kind of what we want. All right, so this goes in now to date night looks. So dates are so important. Um, Like this is where like if I feel like we haven't got to connect all week and it's just kind of been like, you know, there's just a bunch of kids and we're just doing housework and working like we got to plan dates and do those. And I know it's easier said than done because like there was a time when we didn't have any budget for sitters and still like we, we rarely have sitters. We'll usually just have our family watch our kids like, you know, maybe once a month. But um, it is so important. We have so much fun and we'll come back from these dates and just feeling like refreshed and, you know, even more in love. And that just feels so good. Um, So with date night, date night look is going to be so different than your five minute routine looks like that five minute routine look that I was talking about. That's just your everyday, like, you know, just throwing yourself together real quick just to, you know, be presentable, keep that spark alive, you know, and some mystery, which is what we want. So the date night, though, we are going to look 
hot. Like, we want to look smoking hot for date night. Like, you want that man to feel like he has the hottest wife, you know, the hottest girl in the room. Like, you want him to feel proud and, like, and honestly, like, it's not just all about him, but for me, it's like, I want that. Like, I want to feel good. So, it's like, I'm gonna, you know, take it up a notch and try to, like, go my hardest for date night, like, with the look. So, the date night outfit is something that you would not wear to Chick-fil-A with your kids. (laughs) Like, this isn't the time to, you know, you know, wear your big oversized sweaters and baggy jeans and, you know, just, like, no. Like, this is the time when we're going to wear, you know, the more form-fitting, like, a dress or put on a pair of heels or it doesn't, obviously, doesn't have to be all everything at once, but, you know, just find one way to kind of, like, sex it up a little bit. Like, you want to be a little bit sexier than you normally would at church or with your kids or with your girlfriends. Like, you know, try to wear something flirty because when you are wearing something flirty, you're going to like exude that um, feminine flirtatious energy, which is really what we want on date night. And like when I feel like I look hot, then I'm going to act, act more hot, you know, and that's really going to just get date night off on the right foot. Since we're on the topic of date night, let's talk about how we're going to act on date night because this can be make or break because if we go on our date night and the whole the whole time we're only talking about the kids, like stressful work situations or finances or, you know, just a family drama, like whatever, anything that's kind of negative, like save that for another time. Like date night should be flirtatious. It should be fun. It should be like adventurous, like go try a new restaurant, do like a sporty activity. Like it kind of gets sometimes in that routine where you're just going to like the same restaurant you always go to and you go there and then you go to Target and then you come home. Like we definitely do that a lot and I, I truly enjoy that. But every once in a while, I think it's important to like shake it up and do something that's more on the adventurous side. So, you know, like go to Top Golf, like that kind of thing is fun or like bowling, anything that just gets you moving, like any kind of activity that you can laugh together is always great. Um, so yeah, and then just, yeah, just flirt with him. Like, per- you almost kind of have to pretend like it's one of your first dates. And it might sound cheesy at first, but then you start getting, you know, you'll go with the flow. And, you know, just like be flirtatious and use, like, do your PDA, you know, like put your hand on his leg or, you know, compliment him, tell him he looks handsome or looks so hot tonight. Like, you know, like it might seem stupid, but it's, it's not, it really goes a long way with them. And just like giving that flirtatious energy, I think is what like a lot of men crave from their wives. Like they want that, you know, flirty girl that, you used to be, which you're still her, sometimes just, you know, family and work and all that kind of gets in the way. But just set aside date night, and that's when you can really show out with your flirtatious and fun energy. From there, let's move on into physical intimacy, because I think I think most, the majority of men are the same in that physical intimacy and sex is like the number one priority for them in a marriage. If it's not number one, then it's definitely up there. And my whole theory with intimacy is that 
it's quality over quantity most of the time. And then enthusiasm is everything with this. So I did like interview Corey on this just to make sure I was getting like his perspective and like a male um, opinion and not just my own. Um, And I was asking him like, what do you think most men would prefer? Like, you know, doing it every day or doing it like a couple times a week, but just that those two times are like quality and they're, you know, exciting and fun and like both people are enjoying themselves. And he was like, definitely the quality over the quantity. So you do not, in my opinion, you do not have to be like putting out every single night you know, or even you also don't have to be doing crazy things. Like you do not have to be swinging from the chandeliers. Like who even knows what's out there anymore? I don't. So I think men are simple creatures and I think they just really want you to be a willing participant. I think that goes a long way in the marriage is just like having a good attitude and being enthusiastic. I think even, even when you're not feeling it, because we all have those times. Like, we all have those times when we're just, like, exhausted or we're just, like, mentally not with it. But I, now this is my opinion, you can disagree, but I think, like, you know, as the Bible says, too, like, this, you know, sex is a part of marriage and a part of a, you know, a healthy marriage. I think it is our responsibility as wives to you know, be there in that way for our husbands. I think we need to, you know, I, I personally wouldn't ever say no or turn it away. Like, like it probably less than probably I could count on my hand times I've said no. And I don't know. (laughs) Sorry, that's, I'm laughing because it's like a little bit awkward, But I also want to be 100% real with you and tell you what I think helps, like, for our marriage. So, like, that is something I've always made it my priority to be literally doing the most in that way. So, like, as a wife, I think it is, you know, it's like, this sounds stupid, but you know what I mean? It, It is an honor and a privilege to be the one that they choose to be that closely intimate with. So I, that's how I like to think of it. And so that also helps me like to show up with a good attitude, n- feeling like I want to be that one and I want to do it. And I know there is never an excuse, you know, for cheating or any of that. But in my head, I just try to think like, why would you even give anyone a reason to like be in need that way to where they possibly could be tempted? Because if someone's not getting their physical needs met like at all, then I mean, that is just going to be more of a struggle for that person than it would be for a person who was getting their physical needs met. And I swear a, you know, fun, healthy sex life is one of the keys to a happy, fun, wonderful marriage. So like, just try to not say no next time. Like try to be like, yeah, and not just like, okay, but you know, try to be like, yeah, like, let's go, you know, try to show up with enthusiasm there. And then also 
you be the one to initiate it sometimes. Like, you be the one to be like, oh my gosh, you look so hot. Like, you know, let's sneak off. Like, you know, so sometimes, like, it's so fun for them if they're not the ones trying to, like, hound you over it. Like, so just try that. Like, if they're wanting it and they kind of come to you, just totally be receptive of that and go with it. And then also, like, another time this week or next week or whenever you're feeling it, um, <laughs> then you be the one to initiate it with them and act excited and act like you want it. I swear it will go a long way. Okay, last thing I'm going to speak on this topic before I switch gears here, but be spontaneous. Now, spontaneous doesn't mean like you have to like go crazy and be like going to public restrooms and doing it. That's not what I mean. Spontaneous can just be a different place in your own house. (laughs) So like, just, I think that just catches, like, the husband's kind of off guard a little bit, because, you know, just doing the same bed every time, like, great, but, like, I think it makes it a little bit more fun and interesting for everyone when it is in a different room. (laughs) Just, like, little things here, I think, can make a big difference, and then also it's fun, like, on date night or whenever, when you do get a hotel and you're just somewhere else, like, something about just, like, not being in your house where there's toys everywhere, and, you know, there's, your kids' clothes on the floor, like, just being in a hotel room, like, away from all the distractions can be, like, a fun, new, spontaneous experience for both of you. So, switching gears to more of, like, the emotional part of the marriage and the relationship. Um, So, let me just say, you're never going to be able to be 100% for someone. Like, you're never, like, no one can 100% fill up someone else's cup. Like, most of that work is their own self, and then also, like, their relationship with God. So you can't be everything for another person, but I think what you can do is you can communicate, like, your top needs to each other, and then you can each do your best to support them on those needs. So, you know, and I think, you know, the Love Languages book can be, like, a good conversation starter for a lot of couples to kind of see, like, what each person values the most and how they give and receive love. And because a lot of times in a marriage, your love languages aren't the same. So it's hard to connect. Like if someone's main form of how they like to be loved is physical touch and someone else's is gifts, then it's, and they're not, everyone's trying to love each other in their own way, then it's not always going to be like so well received. So I think it's important to learn about your spouse or your partner and figure out what makes them feel the most validated, the most loved, and do your best to meet those needs. So this part is easier said than done at first, but, you know, with practice, it gets to be second nature, and it's not fighting and using using your words to each other when you are angry and in the heat of the moment. Like, this is something that I kind of learned through, like, I never had any, like, past, like, adult relationships, but just having relationships in, sounds silly, but middle school and high school, I learned so much about what not to do. Like, I've just, I mean, I've realized just, like, man, I could be a real B, you know what I mean? Like, I was just, and I realized a lot of times I would self-sabotage relationships, either because I was, like, feeling insecure about myself, so, like, I would attack, um, that my partner with 
just whatever, like, I would just project my insecurities onto them and then start nitpicking on them about something. Or just, I'm just bored, you know, maybe I'm just feeling bored in the relationship, so I want to be mean. But it's like, in a marriage, you don't want to do that because words are, you know, forever. People don't forget the words you say to them, so like, and that will replay in their brain, like, for the rest of your life. And that turns into, like, you resenting that person, like, secretly like hating that person because you can just remember all the hateful things they've said to you um let's see fighting because we're bored I have a couple notes I'm trying to think yeah so when you so when you're feeling angry in the heat of the moment and you just want to like scream on that scream at that person you just gotta like take a moment and chill out you just have to say okay like I'm mad right now so I need to go to my room and just like calm down and we're gonna have to talk about this at a different time because like right now like if you can tell you're about to just spout off something hurtful and then half the time when we spout off something hurtful it is completely unrelated to the topic that you're even arguing about like you know it will just be like a jab or just a hurtful thing out of nowhere just because you feel like attacking that person when you're angry with them so you just got to revisit that when you're calm and then also check your intentions before you revisit that conversation and realize, like, am I just upset with myself and I'm trying to just fight with them because of that? Or is this an issue that really does need to be discussed? And then don't be afraid to say sorry. Because I know a lot of times it seems like, oh, like, we're weak if we say sorry and, like, the person who doesn't say sorry, like, wins the argument. And that's not true. I think there's power in, you know, kindness and softness, you know, fight you know, anger with, like, love, and I think if you can be the one to be, like, I'm sorry, really everyone wins. There was, isn't, like, you won the fight and you lost the fight, just to be able to apologize and calm down and just, like, transition that argument into just something that's, like, leading with love is a better way than just trying to, like, beat your partner on who's right about stuff. I truly don't think our marriage would be where it is today without having God and, like, our church life, our number one priority in our family and our relationship. And, you know, we all go through times where, like, you know, maybe our relationship with God ebbs and flows. Like, sometimes you're really into it and you're on fire with it. And then sometimes you're just like, ugh, you know, kind of going through the motions. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think we we both know that, like, that is how we want to live our lives. And really, like, for a marriage, that takes so much guesswork out of issues. I mean, if you have the same, like, morals, values, the same family and relationship goals, it makes everything else just fall into place. And if you're both on the same track, then a lot of issues are just instantly resolved knowing what you really want, like, as the end goal there. So, like, some things that we do, like, we, I've chosen, you know, not to watch nudity. Um, So, like, we know we have no kind of, you know, porn stuff, like, in our lives whatsoever. Like, that eliminates so many marriage problems right there, just knowing, like, that's not going to be a part of our relationship. Um, So, like, just like that. And then another thing that I like is, like, we won't, you know, 
Now, there's, okay, there's exceptions, but we don't, like, go out without each other. So, like, obviously, if it's, like, my sister's bachelorette, I'm just meeting a friend that's different. But, like, we're not going to go out and party at the clubs without each other because we love to go together. Like, we would love, like, we love going to Nashville or wherever and, like, dancing at the rooftops with the DJs and the bands. Like, that's so fun. But I think sometimes that can open up doors to temptation and trouble when you mix, you know, being out without your spouse with, um, you know, alcohol and partying. So that's something for me that I never wanted to like even mess around with. I mean, some people, it might work for them. But for me, like if I feel like I'm going to feel more tempted if I'm, you know, with other Sing, if I'm hanging out with single girls and we're all partying and, you know, there's, like, a group of guys trying to talk to us, like, I don't even want that in my life. So, for me personally, that's something that I try to do. It's just, like, if we're going out, we're going with each other. Like, we are a package deal. <laughs> and then also, like, I think we both know that, like, we've really, we've really slowed our role with um, just any kind of party or alcohol anyway because, for one thing, it doesn't make me, like, feel like my best self. Like, I just physically don't feel well. I get so sick. Like, we are both major pukers. <laughs> I can't even tell you, like, how many times Corey's, like, puked out of an Uber, like, on the way home. And it's not like no one's really, like, drank to excessiveness or anything, but it's just, like, you're out with friends and you have drinks, and it's, like, it will physically make us sick. So something – and then also our worst fights have been when we've been out like, for too long. My mom always used to say that nothing good happens after midnight, and I used to think, like, she was so lame, and I was like, mom, nothing good happens until midnight. <laughs> but now that I'm, like, getting older, I'm like, you're so right, because any times, like, someone's got sick, or, you know, we've gotten a big screaming fight, it's been when we've been out way too late, and, like, we really just, like, overindulged in that way. So, I personally feel like cutting back on that was really great for our relationship and eliminated so many fights just like straight from there. So I have a few more points and then I'm going to get to the questions that you submitted through Instagram stories just like an hour ago. Um, So last few things, I think you really need to share everything together, big and small things, like talk about everything, um, share what's going on in your day. Um, I think it's important, um, in a marriage to like financially be together on the same page with that. I think people need to discuss, um, big purchases. Like if there's ever something large that we want to buy, (laughs) if it's like for me, it's like a purse. And if it's for him, it's like, you know, a piece of equipment or something, whatever. If there's something big that someone wants to purchase, I think just having that communication there, just not saying you have to run it by that person, but just the consideration to run it by him. I think it goes a long way with just like no surprises in that way and just keeping trust with each other. So I like really, I don't think we've really ever broken each other's trust in that way. And that's really important to me to keep that going. Cause I feel like once, you know, trust is broken like a time or two, then I just, I feel like it's always in the back of your mind. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, 
hopefully <laughs> nothing happens but just saying like so far so good and like I completely trust him and I think he completely trusts me and just not having you know any kind of secrecy there to even begin with eliminates any kind of weird jealousy or just like distrust issues there and then I think it's important to don't talk bad about your spouse to others unless it's your mom because then it's fine. <laughs> because really, like, no one, the only person who probably truly has your best interest in mind and will keep whatever you're saying a secret and will give you true advice that's um, coming from a mature place is your own mother. Um, but, and, and you know, the funny thing is, anytime I've ever came to my mom with, like, mom, what do I need to do? Or, like, we're arguing about this, and what should I do? My mom's, my mom always sides with Corey. Like, every single time. I'm just, if I'm like, oh, like, I just don't know. Like, I thinking I'm right about something. And she always sides with him. So, so sometimes that's good to, like, get advice, like, from your mom. And, like, you know, and, because they can kind of, like, talk you down off of being mad about something. Or, you know, being a little bit crazy, which I tend to be. I just kind of have, like, control freak tendencies. So. So sometimes I have to be talked off the ledge in that way. But besides your mom, don't talk bad about your spouse. Always have like crazy respect for, you know, the women that I never hear them bashing their spouse because it can easily in like a girl talk scenario, it can easily go into like a man hating my husband sucks, he's the worst kind of scenario where everyone's just like bouncing off of each other with that. And I don't, I think it's just very respectful to your spouse, like when you can hold your tongue, because really your personal relationships and all the inner workings of your relationship is really no one else's business. And honestly, friends just do not have your best interest in mind, especially not like your mom or anything like that. Like, you know, they're just going to give their opinion from their experience. And sometimes you just don't even need to hear that or have that influence in your life. So I, I truly think the only person you can really go to for any kind of relationship advice is like your parents probably, or your grandparents, something like that. Um, or if you have like a trusted sibling, possibly. But overall, just your parents. And then I would keep any other like major issues or complaints. Just I would just keep that to yourself. <laughs> Talk about it to God in your prayer life. And then lastly, just choose each other every time. Like at the end of the day, choose each other when faced with any kind of, no matter what this issue could be, it could be issues, you know, with, you know, extended family, with, you know, um, work or friends or whatever, but it's like always choose each other first with everything. Um, it should be each other's needs before the needs of others. It should be, you know, each other's feelings should always be taken into consideration with things. So I think just, you know, consult each other first about whatever you're doing and you always just want to choose your spouse first every single time. All right, now we're going to move into the questions segment. I'm pulling up a few right now, and I'm just going to answer, like, the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay, first question. How long after babies did it take for you to get your mojo back and be excited in the bedroom? Oh, my gosh. Um, so, wow, my first birth with Lux was, like, so traumatic, and I had, like... My episiotomy was t 
to my butt. I swear. It was just like everything that went wrong could. And like the recovery was so bad. Um, and you know how like they give you like that go ahead at six weeks. Um, I like physically didn't feel ready for that, but, (laughs) um, definitely had to take one for the team. Um, I I wasn't like at six weeks, I really wasn't feeling it. And, um, like I was just like felt tense because I was like, I just felt like traumatized by that birth. And I was like, that hurt so bad. And it still felt like it hurt, at least mentally it did. Um, but I remember the first time, like at the six week mark, because I knew like I did want to wait the full time. So I made sure my body was healed. And, um, I, we went to Mexican restaurant and I made sure to like drink a full margarita so I could just like relax a little bit. And like, so I swear that's the advice I give, um, you know, new moms and stuff like when you're getting ready to do that again. Um, it's like, sometimes you just need like a little bit of wine or like a little cocktail, you know, just kind of whatever you need to kind of like relax you a little bit and not feel so like tense and in pain. And then, um, and also that six week waiting period is super like, I'm not gonna say it's super hard on the guy because it's super hard on the female. Cause like we just went through birth, you know, and we're trying to, you know, do literally all the things like everything, but like for them, like I think they feel like they're having a hard time, like, not getting their physical needs met. So I will say, like, just during that time, even when you're not feeling it, like, there's other things that you could be doing that don't involve, you know, direct intercourse in that way. And I think if you can do that here and there, that'll go a long way for your relationship. And you won't be as on the hook about just the intercourse after the relationship. And then... As far as, like, you enjoying it, being in the mood after having a baby, not just, like, physically I can do it, but just, like, you wanting to, gosh, that takes a long time, especially if you're breastfeeding, because I think when you're breastfeeding, like, you have these hormones that keep you from, um, like, you know, keep you from being in the mood from it. Like, you just feel, like, just like, you just don't have those hormones that are going to make you feel like you want someone as much, and I remember, like, kind of going through, like, a low libido time, too. I think, like, maybe, like, when I quit, when I was probably, like, almost done breastfeeding, like, I wasn't just, like, exclusively breastfeeding, maybe, like, gosh, probably at least six months, um, up to a year. That's probably, like, when it took me to, to kind of feel like myself again and to be able to really, like, me physically wanting to. All right, next question says, how to find intimate time when you're pregnant and have another baby or toddler? Oh my gosh. These are just hard, you know, Um, but since we're doing the most, like, let's, um, I'll tell you this funny story. So I was pregnant with Thea, my um, youngest daughter, and Lux was three at the time, and... (laughs) This sounds awful. Um, we had just put on a TV show for her, like, in the living room, and we snuck up to have, like, you know, our mommy-daddy time, and by the time we were done, we, like, went out, and Lux was in the kitchen. She had moved a chair up to the counter. She had was had a butcher knife making her own peanut butter and jelly sandwich, <laughs> 
And she was three years old at the time, and I was just horrified. Like, not a butter knife that you'd, like, a butcher knife. Like, up at the counter making a PB&J. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Like, I was feeling real accomplished. I was like, I'm a good wife. Like, look at me. Like, we made it happen. And then I'm like, my kid has a butcher knife. So, like, that was kind of a horror story. But, um, I'd say put them in a place where you know, like, they're safe. Um, so usually they'd be safe and not be grabbing knives. Um, but you could, you know, put on a show or like when, uh, Lux was still like had a crib, we would just put her in a crib with a couple books and toys and like, yeah, you're not going to be able to have like an hour like that, but you can like make it a quickie in that time. Um, it's like during the day. And then also like mornings are always good. Like before, you know, kids wake up, you know, just wake up a tiny bit earlier and be able to like you know, talk and connect and, you know, be intimate before everyone gets up. And then obviously, you know, once people get to bed, if you're not like dead tired at that point, um, you could, you know, you know, pour a little wine and like, you know, have like your own like little date time once the kids do go to bed. All right, next question. What are your favorite things or hobbies to do without the kids? Okay, so let's see. Okay, so obviously we love to eat, and we love to try out new restaurants. Um, we love to dance. Now, maybe maybe it's just me that loves to dance. <laughs> but either way, Corey always dances with me, which, like, I appreciate that so much. Because um, I just, I don't know, I just love to go out and, like, put on a cute outfit and then just, like, jam out to, like, my sync or, like, whatever. Like, I kind of like old school music that was popular when I was, you know, when I was young. So I do love to, like, go out and dance. We love to, um, you know, we love to travel, like everyone says that. But, like, we do like to go to new places and on vacations. And um, and Corey's, like, a really active person. So he enjoys, like, extreme sports, which I don't enjoy that as much. Like, he loves to, like, rock climb. And he would go skydiving if I'd let him. Um, but that's not as much my thing. But I do kind of try to, like, go along with... Like, I have went rock climbing with him a, a few times. And then um, he doesn't love golf as much. But I love playing golf. So, like, you know, he'll come with me and we'll both play together... Um, and, you know, ride on the car and just, like, have a fun time. We also both like shopping, which I feel like is a little bit more rare for, like, a husband, but Corey loves shopping as much as I do, and anymore, I feel like we mostly online shop, like I do at least, but, um, like, back in the day when we first got married, when everyone, like, went to stores, like, that's what we would do on the weekends, like, we would go to the mall, and we would both shop, and that was fun for both of us, and we could shop all day, like, from when the mall opens till, like, dinner time, like, Corey can go hard as long as he's, like, also shopping for himself, too. All right, next question says, how do you keep dating with little ones? I find it difficult to find time to date when we have a three and six-year-old. Okay, yeah, like, because my girls are, you know, four and seven, so it's pretty close. Um, so we don't have a ton of dates, but um, let's see. Well, our family does live close, so that's always helpful. So usually, usually at least once a month, our parents will watch the girls overnight, and then that way we have, like, an overnight date. And then, um, so other things you could do are, like, check your local YMCA, because our local YMCA, um, we have, like, a family membership there, and, 
um, they have parents night out, which that's, I think it's once a month or once every two months, but it's a four hour window where you can drop your kids off and like go have dinner or whatever. It's like four to eight. So check with your why and see, cause like they'll do fun activities with the kids and it's safe and they're all, you know, all those workers I think are background, I think are background check. And, um, so that's also another option. And then find local sitters in your area. If you have like a, you know, teenage family member, or you can also like check through churches or preschools or people who are already working with kids. Cause usually they have a background check and they're CPR certified and um, just get recommendations from any of your mom friends and just find a sitter and just put it in your budget to be able to go on date. So even if your date is cheap, like spend money on the sitter and go get ice cream and go walk around the mall. Just like anything, you just, you do want to get out of the house and have that one-on-one time alone. All right, next question says, how do you find a way to connect with each other with the business with the business of life and kids? So this is hard and not every single day is like an amazing day where we just connect and, you know, some days are like hustle bustle, like I'm jacking with the kids and, you know, getting stuff ready for the next day of school. And, you know, Corey doesn't get done working till eight o'clock, maybe that night. And then he has like, you know, other stuff he's working on, like going to mow the yard. And sometimes we just lay in bed and we're just dead tired. Like we have those nights too. So every night's not just like great, but you know, we tried, we do try to make some nights great. So like, we will just be like, Hey, like, are you ready? Just like start a movie, um, early tonight. And we'll like have the kids, you know, get in bed early and have quiet reading time, and, like, we'll start a show before we're too tired, or, um, definitely, like, plan, try to plan the date nights, like I said, um, and then if you have family around, always get the family involved, like, with your kids, because that's just going to give you more alone time, and then also if you, like, what we like to do sometimes is take family walks, where, like, the kids will ride their scooters or their bikes, and that's a good time to where the kids are occupied and, like, kind of busy having fun, and so while you're walking, you can get a lot of good conversation time together in there, too. Okay, another thing I'm going to say for this one is, um, like, because we, Corey and I aren't, like, together all the time, because he, he works two jobs, like, outside of the home, and then I'm in the home, like, with the kids, um, like, 100% of the time, so he's gone a lot, and something we do is, like, we try to, like, text and call each other throughout the day. Now, not, like, all the time and every hour, but at least, like, once or twice a day, like, you know, we call and we check in just how everything's going, and then sometimes we'll, you know, definitely, like, send flirty text, or, like, sometimes... Like, you know, I'll send them, like, a pic so, like, no one hack my, like, photos or whatever because I don't want those leaked. But um, (laughs) sometimes, like, I'll send a pic or, you know, just to kind of remind them that, like, you're thinking about them. I think that goes a long way and, like, gets them really, really excited to see you again. And that's, like, kind of a way to also build your connection when you're maybe both working and not, like, being able to be, like, physically together at that moment. All right, last one I'm going to answer. It says, how to feel like you want to be touched by your partner after full days of kids hanging on you. Oh my gosh, I feel this so much, especially when the kids were younger, because I was always touched out. Like, just know it does get better as your kids get older. They won't be, like, hanging on you all the time. So, like, that just naturally helps. Um, But I think 
have a break between your kids touching you and your husband touching you, if that makes sense. So, like, you know, put the, we always put the kids down early. Like, the kids are not going to sleep with us in the bed. Like, that's just been, like, a priority from the beginning is, like, the bed's for mommy and daddy and, like, you guys are going to sleep in your own rooms. So, we will put, we always have a, you know, decently early bedtime for them. And then allow yourself, like, at least, like, 30 minutes to an hour of, like, unwinding time of you time where you're just, no one's touching you. You just need to know, like, this is mommy's, like, alone time and be able to get that alone time with doing whatever you need to do. So like I would like I like to, you know, take a bubble bath and like, you know, get clean and just like have some quiet time just before and just no one come in the bathroom, just lock the door and like do what you need to do to like mentally prepare yourself for, you know, mommy daddy time or even if you're just like cuddling and watching a movie just to be prepared for more physical touch. I think you do need to like kind of reset and your brain to be able to, you need that time for your brain to switch from mom mode to wife mode. So I think just getting that time in between after the kids go to bed is really important to make you feel like you're ready to be touched again. So that's all I'm going to say for today on that subject. I can definitely dive deeper in like some of these individual topics and make them full episodes because, you know, so many stories and so much information there. Um, But this is just kind of like the quick version of the marriage and keeping the spark alive. Um, So, and I just read through some of your guys' comments on Apple and Spotify, and I swear you're like, my best friends. I just, it just like warms my heart to see like your nice things. Like I seriously appreciate it so much. And it makes my day when I see you guys like giving me those nice comments and ratings. Um, so it does help the podcast too. It's going to help it reach more people. If you do leave it a five-star review and a comment. And then also if you, you know, screenshot you listening to the episode and share it on your Instagram stories, just tag me on your story so I can see it. And I always read repost those and um that also helps more people find out some of this information and be able to also listen to this podcast and I appreciate that so much um from you guys so thank you for listening to this episode